everyone and uh, thank you for joining us today in another exciting webinar my name is himanshu and i hope all of you are doing great uh, i'm very excited to introduce our guest from today he's joining us all the way from las vegas uh, we're joined today by mr alexander ginov i'll actually take this opportunity to introduce alex very quickly to you before we jump right into the session so uh, alex is an experienced customer research professional he has a very unique method and he really likes applying his experimental social psychology background and his passion for interest design and innovation to solve important customer and business problems his his professional goal is to help team create remarkable products and services which make people's life easier and more enjoyable currently alex is uh, leading customer research for the zappos family of companies in his previous positions he was responsible for research and usability of the products and services for companies like turbotax state farm insurance and active network he has over 15 years of relevant experience and has received his phd in experimental social psychology from uh, from clark university his research areas include defining and measuring emotions individual differences usability and consumer segmentation by the way alex is also a very popular speaker and i think you know i can go on on and on with his introduction so let's jump right into the session it's my pleasure to welcome alex hey hi alex how are you hi himesh thank you so much it's a great pleasure to be here thanks for this opportunity all well, the pleasure is entirely ours thank you so much for joining us today alex it's great to have you with us so now i personally cannot wait to listen to your insights about understanding and the customer better so let's right into it uh, over to you alex great fantastic thank you himanshu uh, again thank you so much it's a great pleasure to be here and i want to talk to you about um, customer centricity and um, I want to take it even further and talk about human centricity. That's that's been my passion for the past few years is to talk to people about how um to understand their customers not just as shoppers, not just as callers, not just as users, but as people. And um I guarantee you if you do that, you're going to see tremendous business results. Um when I do these talks um in person, I usually start by I'm introducing myself and then um you know I talk about my family and I I say that I'm married we have uh, 2.4 beautiful children and usually that uh, creates a chuckle in the crowd you know because uh, uh it sounds a little funny you know to talk about 2.4 children um but but it's actually it's a very serious uh, serious um topic because nowadays we really um rely a lot on data big data data science a lot of um, statistics and so on and that's great um but it really can create a problem when it comes to creating user experiences and customer experiences because uh we all know that you cannot average a customer experience right uh, customer experience is deeply personal um it's emotional and so on and we need to know when to apply statistics and when to average numbers and when to understand uh, our customers as people and why do we talk about customer centricity and human centricity i'd say um we talk about customer centricity because it leads to customer loyalty and um in in our business customer loyalty is really a business nirvana imagine the possibilities if um 
you can achieve a net promoter score um, of, of 90 or above. And, and this is true for our most loyal customers of Zappos. You can compare that to, to other numbers here on, on the right, um, but, but this is really uh, an impressive uh, net promoter score. Imagine the possibilities if um, your customers uh, share uh, emails that start with wow, right? And th this, uh, this email here is significant because you can see the date it was sent by a customer of Zappos in year 2000, so 20, 20 years ago when just uh, Zappos started. And the story behind this email is that um, Zappos was just beginning to sell shoes online. They were probably the first to start selling shoes online. And they knew that things were gonna go wrong. Um, and in this case, they went wrong. Uh, they, they sent uh, uh, shoes to this customer that uh, arrived late and she was very upset because she needed them for a special occasion. And at that point, um, Zappos decided to do everything in their power to make it right. So they went out of their way to make it right, apologize, send her another pair for free and so on. And then they received this email back saying, wow. And so wow, nowadays all companies talk about wowing customers and so on. But remember, this was 20 years ago. That, that's very significant. Uh, from that point on, Zappos decided to uh, focus on customer service uh, primarily. Also imagine the possibilities if your customers talk to you um, in, in those terms, right? When um, this is a simple word cloud of many, many customer comments, uh, thousands and thousands of customer comments. Um, and then you can see what pops here. It's things like service and great and fast, right? Shipping free. And these are the really the value propositions, but it's one thing for you to tout your value propositions and it's a completely different thing to hear back from your customers um, and confirming that that's indeed what they value. Zappos is a company that puts purpose over profit. Some of you may be asking, so what? You cannot uh, take purpose to the bank, but actually you can. Loyalty matters because it leads to business results. Net promoter scores and customer comments matter because they do move the needle. Here are some numbers to, to show you that. Uh, for example, Zappos uh, now is in its 21st, um, year in operation compared to the average company of uh, about 10 years. Um, we boast a very enviable um, compound average uh, growth rate of 54%. You can compare that to online retail and global e-commerce. I mean, the latest numbers are probably uh, different in the sense that um, uh, the COVID crisis has changed retail a lot, but this was, these were the numbers before the crisis, still very impressive. Um, and also um, it is very hard to get um, accepted to work at Zappos. So our acceptance rate is, uh, is actually lower than Harvard's acceptance rate. And that's probably mostly driven by customer service. Our customer service is so good, we treat our employees so well that a lot of people really want to come and work for Zappos. Um, the good news is that um, you don't have to be Zappos to be customer-centric. Um, unfortunately, um, the one thing that stands in the way of most companies getting there 
is that they don't understand their customers as people. And when you don't meaningfully understand your customers as people, it's easy to treat them as numbers. Um, I don't know if you know the story of the statistician who had his head in a hot oven and feet in a block of ice, but on the average, they felt just fine. And when um, customers become statistics, really dangerous things can happen. We all know business fiascos of, um, that, that have happened in the past, like there was this, um, the story of uh, United Airlines uh, really very um, harshly deplaning a customer that turned out to be a doctor and uh, the video went viral. And really after that, the, the stock price, uh, you know, dipped right the next day, right? And, and so leading to, to business losses just from one such incident. Creating loyalty and driving business results is a lot easier when you remember the key insight of customer centricity. And I would say the key insight of human centricity. And this is to understand your customers as people and not statistics. Let's take customer centricity a step further. Um, let's talk about human centricity, right? Um, that insight is at the heart of everything we do at Zappos. So it, it motivates um, us to, to create a certain culture of um, treating customers well, and treating employees well. It um, leads us to um, all the research activities we do um, uh, to understand our, our customers as people, both online and offline. Um, it leads us to create a certain structure, organizational structure that's different than the traditional corporate structure and also informs us how to apply our learnings um, to our business. The first step towards um, creating human centricity is creating a culture that makes uh, the customers uh, the heroes. Um, our drive to serve our customers is codified in these 10 um, company values and uh, they created them uh, many years ago um, and they are written on our on our badges um, company badges uh, but but they're very fundamental to to the zappos culture and how we operate uh, the number one value is deliver well through service because we are a customer service company also, we talk about embracing and driving change, creating fun and a little weirdness. And that may sound a little weird, but what it actually says is uh, be yourself. That's the essence of that, that value and so on. Um, number 10 is uh, the last one, but certainly not the least one. And it's uh, being humble. And those, those values are really um, embodied in how we do our work it's not um, it's not they're not just um, statements written on a wall somewhere on a on a poster but but it it's how the company spends its money so for example when we were working in the office you know the, before the pandemic nobody had a uh, individual offices we had open plans even the ceo had just a desk um, everybody worked that way um, when you join the company, you start with a whole month of rigorous customer service training. And from the second or third day, you get on the phones, helping customers on the phones. Um, that's very, very unique, uh, unique approach. 
Um, so um, to sum this up, um, Zappos is really a customer service company that just happens to sell shoes at the moment. So um, when, when we talk about um, the Zappos and, and, its, um, and its mission and, and work, um, I like to use uh, this model created by Simon Sinek, he has a wonderful TED talk, it's called uh, the Golden Circle. And the essence of this is when you talk about your company, uh, the most remarkable companies, beloved companies, start with talking about why they do things, not what they do. So let's take uh, Apple, for example. Uh, they used to be called Apple Computer back in the day, but they dropped the computer from the name because now they're making phones and watches and so on. Uh, but when they, they talk about their, their purpose, they talk about being innovative, being, um, you know, different thinkers, unique, uh, creating products for, for creative individuals and so on. Then they talk about how they do this through, um, through design, through uh, owning the end-to-end -end, uh, production process, uh, through creating very easy to use software and so on. And lastly, you can talk about what you do. So for example, um, creating um, very desirable ob objects, electronics, but also now um, building software, for example. So here's um, th this statement that, that Tony Shea likes to, uh, to talk about is uh, Zappos is a customer service company that just happens to sell uh, shoes at the moment, and this is um, one of the walls in our in our lobby. Um, I want to share a brief video with you to just uh, see, have a, a glimpse into into Zappos and the Zappos culture. I think it's really important for Zappos to hire people who align with our culture, that our culture fits, because every single hire has the ability to change the culture for the positive or the negative. And if you make too many compromises in your hiring decisions and you end up with an imbalance in your culture, then the negative can kind of outweigh the good. The people that you work with are actually the most important resources in the entire company. It's not the product, it's not technology. So getting to know your people both personally and professionally will lead to not only a better environment, but to better results for Zappos. People often say like, do you pay people to be like smiley all the time? Like, no, but we're hopefully creating an environment where employees are helpful and happy. And I think that's just a side effect of our culture. When people say, well, the core values, as an example you have at Zappos, those could never work in our company. Well, they probably shouldn't work in your company. You need to come up with your own identity. Tony will often get the question at Q&As about work-life balance, and I think he has a really great answer talking about work-life integration. So the idea that if you love what you do and you love who you work with, there's kind of a blurring of the lines of when you're working and when you're not. We really appreciate and love what is unique about our coworkers. So we all come from different backgrounds and different experiences. And at Zappos, they don't want you to turn anything off. Like you should just be who you are all the time. So I think the future of Zappos will continue to be rooted in this foundation of these 10 core values, that we will continue to be fiercely passionate about customer service. Most people want to be communicated to in different ways. People have different strengths and weaknesses. So knowing that you are open and available to them, I think is really key. 
I guess my hope is that we maintain the current culture that we have and that we can enhance that culture. So we need to find the right mix of folks, basically get the right people on the bus and hopefully the bus will go the right way. So the main point here is that um, you really don't have to be um, Zappos to um, create a culture that um, makes the customer the hero. So let me advance here, okay. Um, you can start by taking a few small steps today. So for example, you need to identify and articulate your company or team core values. And it's best to, um, to start with, um, with ideas from, from the leadership uh, and also get everybody's feedback. Um, then involve all employees or your team members in the process, right? Um, it shouldn't be just an executive decision. It should be, um, it should be de developed through facilitated leadership, involve everybody. And then most importantly, put those core values into practice. Don't just print them on posters and put them on the wall. The values are actually how the company spends its money. Next, let's talk about, um, about curiosity. And uh, here Zappos seeks really complete understanding of our customers as people and realizes that everybody's different. So um, here, um, without understanding um, and realizing that everybody's different, um, without being truly customer-centric, even the most beloved companies out there uh, can fall short in this respect. Um, take the iPhone, for example. It's one of the most beautifully designed and functional products ever built, but it treats everybody the same. So would Apple make the same decision if they understood um, every dimension of their customers and maybe created different devices for different, um, different people and different needs? Uh, back in the day, Nokia, for example, um, took that approach. Um, so um, here you can have a company that's really uh, winning like Apple, um, but it's, it's more product-centric than customer-centric in this respect. Um, also take Starbucks, right? Um, a great company, a great experience. Um, everybody really uh, enjoys that experience. Um, but let's say you have your favorite Starbucks and you go there, the barista knows you and so on, um, and then knows that your name even. And then you go to a different Starbucks and you have to start from scratch, right? So imagine what if your, your data was, uh, was following you in a way, right? And um, you could walk into a different Starbucks and uh, the barista would um, look at you and say, hey, Jim, how are you doing? Do you want the, the usual? And then there's this uh, wonderful story about Nordstrom and they have fantastic customer service. And there's this story about a customer that walked into a Nordstrom um, and it's, it's a US retailer that show, sells shoes, clothes, uh, soft goods really. Um, but this particular person was confused um, and brought in a tire, uh, thinking that he had bought a tire from, from a store that was there before and wanted to return it. Um, and then um, the story is that um, they took the tire and refunded him the money. And it's really a wonderful story, 
but it's not sustainable business. It would make much more sense to, to treat um, customers like that um, only if they're really one of your best customers in terms of uh, you know, profitability and so on, uh, lifetime customer value. So let's look at how Zappos um, takes that understanding of their customers to the next level. So we do that through um, a variety of uh, research activities. So for example, um, we did a very robust um, customer mindset segmentation. We also uh, are looking at the shopping transaction data. We have um, a big uh, data science and analytics team. We do a lot of customer surveys. We even do home visits to understand our customers at a, on, a, on a very deep personal level. And here, I wanna share with you the story of the crochet shorts and the running shoes. And this is where we visited a family in the Los Angeles area. And we had asked them to think about some items they had bought before. And when we got there, the whole family waited for us. Uh, the mom greeted us and uh, they had two teenage daughters. Um, and um, mom started talking about, to us about these crocheted shorts that, that she was actually wearing them. And how she got them was the daughter, uh, one of the daughters had asked mom to buy those shorts for, for her because a friend of hers at school had them. So mom is researching online and she, she's looking at those shorts and she has this thought, can I pull it off, right? Can I wear the, the, those, the clothes that my, my teenage daughter is wearing? And she buys them and she pulls it off and she's very proud of herself, right? So you can see a very kind of deep motivation there. Um, and then at that, um, when we're talking, the dad is kind of eyeing us a little bit suspiciously. And we ask him, what about you, sir? What about clothing for you? And he goes, ah, very simple. I usually wear a uniform during the day. And we ask him, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a policeman. And so we could have stopped there and said, the wife is into fashion, the father, the guy doesn't care about clothes. But we probed a little bit further and we understood that he's an avid runner and he started very passionately talking about running shoes and how he buys them and so on. And that the moral of the story is that once you start digging under the surface a little bit, you, you understand very interesting things about people and more, more importantly about their motivations of why they shop. So how can you uh, apply this in your practice? So you can start by taking a few small steps. So for example, start with the business objectives or key questions in mind. Don't start with the method, start with the objective. Then translate those objectives and those goals into research questions. And they then match the questions to the qualitative and quantitative research methods that you will be using. Now briefly, let's talk about um, the, the structure that Zappos has adopted to make this happen. Um, I'll, I want to share with you the story of the blind man and the elephant. Maybe some of you know it, but this is a story of um, a very old story going back to Sanskrit times. And um, it's a story about uh, this village uh, where you had a, a handful of, um, of blind, uh, blind men and what happened was there was a, the word got out that this strange animal came to the, um, to the village called the elephant. 
and the king sent out those men to un to understand what this animal was so um they used the only um kind of uh, faculty they could use uh, that was available to them it was their their touch so each one of them went and touched a, a separate part of the animal and then they came back and um, of course, when they're asked the question, um, what's an elephant, they get very different answers. One said, well, the elephant is like a big tree because they were hugging the leg. And the other one would say, no, no, you're very wrong. The elephant is like a big wall because they were touching their, uh, the elephant's uh, body, right? So the moral of the story here is that if you don't have a unified picture, um, then um, you're not gonna have a, a full view and full understanding of, of your customers. Um, why is this a problem? Well, um, it can be a problem when it comes to the question of who is your customer. And if you have this, um, this segmented um, organization, which is the traditional org chart, right? The traditional organization with very separate teams with their separate budgets and separate um, research units, for example, um, then you're gonna get probably very different answers of who the customer is from, let's say the web analytics person or the customer research person or the market researcher and so on. And that um, really doesn't um, lead to any meaningful um, and um, good results for, for the customer ultimately. Instead of adopting that structure uh, for, for Zappos, um, meaning the, the traditional work structure, Zappos years ago adop adopted this um, self-organization structure was called holacracy. And the big idea here is that instead of organizing um, the organization around people and around the different roles, right? The VP of this, the VP of that. Um, and by the way, we don't have titles at Zappos and we don't have formal managers either. Um, the Zappos employees are encouraged to self-organize around the work. So if you're passionate about a piece of work, you can organize around that and um, really form your team and really get your budget at the end of the day. And uh, one of my teams, for example, is a um, success story in this respect. Um, it's called the voice of the best customer team. And years ago, we realized that... Um, when it came to the digital experiences, uh, the organization wasn't listening to customer comments, for example. So we started, we created our own team. We started uh, collecting that data. Um, then we got um, a good sized budget. And uh, now it's, it's a very important part of, uh, of how Zappos operates. So <clears throat> how, can, um, how can you apply this in your work? Again, small steps. I'd say identify all the key customer facing stakeholders throughout the organization. Maybe instead of doing what Zappos does, which was pretty radical to change the org structure, maybe instead of doing that, uh, form a cross-functional customer council, for example, right? Involve the market research folks, involve product, involve um, customer service involve uh, engineering and so on. And then talk about who the customer is. Um, this define the customer segments, right? Um, and you share your business objectives. And then after you do the research, very importantly, share the insights widely throughout the organization. So work as hard as you can work to break down the silos.
And lastly, I want to touch upon um, how you apply these learnings to, to, to your business. If you understand your customers more deeply um, and how, how can you turn that into action? So for example, um, very high level, um, I can talk to you about uh, two different uh, segments that we've identified at Zappos. And let's call one segment, the active families. Um, and, and you can see here, um, this, this diagram shows uh, their, um, some of their motivation and behavior. So for example, they spend quite a bit. They um, are motivated by more emotional um, reasons, so um, an attachment to loyalty to the company, uh, expecting personalization and so on. They're quite loyal, they're quite engaged um, online, and they're not driven by discount that much. So compare that to another segment, let's call the, the, the single guy, who's primarily driven by discount, they're not that loyal, they don't spend that much, right? Very different uh, picture motivational picture, then what this means is you have to treat your customers differently and ideally get to um, a more personalized experience online. So for example, this, this is not a reality on Zappos right now, but we're working towards something um, to that effect. That is, if we understand it, that you're the active family, then maybe you see a, a homepage that's more about family right, with kids and so on. And if you're the so-called uh, single guy segment, and that these are fictitious segments, by the way, right, but just to illustrate, uh, but then maybe you'll see a homepage that uh, looks more like that. And that will speak to you more. It will speak more to, to the individual segments. So how can you turn this into action? Um, talk to your customers. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to have a big research department. Consolidate all your data in one place. That's very important. Try to connect all the dots um, across uh, for, um, for your customers, right? And then uh, you can conduct uh, simple data analysis. Um, if, if you don't have a big research budget or a team, um, or you can involve data scientists for more complex work. Then most importantly, communicate the insights across all the silos. So remember I started by talking about this wow email from uh, 20 years ago. Um, a couple of years ago, I was looking at customer comments and I saw this comment. Um, so this was from July, 2018. That's a real customer comment. I wanted to thank John and customer service for going the extra mile and making my day. I mentioned to him a few days ago that my mother had passed away. He and your company sent flowers and a very sweet note that arrived yesterday. I was so shocked and surprised to receive this thoughtful gift. It made me cry. Thanks Zappos. I loved you all before because of my entire family wears shoe sizes not found in stores. And now this, wow. Thank you for showing me that a large company can be awesome and compassionate. So you see another wow comment 20 years later. So very nice book ending of, of this showing that um, really the Zappo strategy of focusing on serving their customers is paying off. So if you kind of follow this, this simple strategy of understanding customers as people, I guarantee you that your net promoter score could skyrocket. 
your profitability could soar and um, your, your customers will be writing love letters to you for years. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex, for this fantastic session. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. I hope you really like this session. And uh, trust me, uh, Alex is doing a lot of fantastic work. If you do want to check him out, just go to his LinkedIn page. He's very active on LinkedIn as well. And uh, to everyone who have joined us today, you can always catch this video later on YouTube as well if you missed anything. Uh, thank you, Alex, once again for your, uh, for your wonderful session and for your time. It was a pleasure having you with us. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you.